Shalom to all. Today's office Baba Kamadav Chafalaf, and we're starting on the top line with the words Shalachlei. And today's office sponsor, Lili Nishmas, Mars Merim Zara Basim Yaakov Maisha, Hernish Shama Shadahavan Aliyah, Lili Nishmas, Mars Rifka Basim Meir Zev, Hernish Shama Shadahavan Aliyah. And we're really discussing Zenen of Zelay Chaser. This one's benefiting, and the other one's not losing anything out. Is the Nene, the one who gained the benefit, Chayav to pay? And the majority of this discussion centered around the case of Ruvain living in Shimon's Chaser, Shalomi Daitai, without Shimon knowing. Does Ruvain have to pay Shimon? So Gemara says, Shalachlei Rabbi Abar Rabbi Arbar Zavdi sent a message to Marbar Mar, ask Rav Huna the following question. If a person lives in his friend's chatzar without him knowing, Ruvian lives in Shimon's chatzar, for example, does he have to pay him or not? Now, in the meantime, while he's waiting for an answer, Rav Huna died. So, Rabbi the son of Rav Huna, said to him, This is what my father said, the name of Rav, he does not have to pay him. And also, he said, If someone's renting a house from Ruvain, he has to pay Shimon. Ask the Gemara, Shimon Mayavite, what does Shimon have to do with anything? Why is he paying Shimon's schar if he's renting a house from Ruvain? So my answer is, oh, this is what he's saying. If it turns out that it's Shimon's house and it wasn't Ruvain's house, then he has to pay Shimon and he doesn't have to pay Ruvain. The Gemara asked Tarti, is he saying both? It seems to be contradictory. First, you said if one guy's living in somebody else's house, he doesn't have to pay him because it's Zen Adam Zalei Chaser. And now you're telling me that if someone's paying Ruvain rent, but it turns out that it's really Shimon's house, so he has to pay Shimon rent instead of Ruvain. That's a classic case of him living in Shimon's house without. Without Shimon knowing about it. So why does he have to pay Shimon rent? And so we answer, One's talking about where the house was supposed to be rented out, and therefore the fellow who lives in it has to pay rent. However, the first part of the memoir that he doesn't have to pay is talking about a house that wasn't going to be rented out anyway, so the owner is not losing out by not receiving rent. And it's where was also stated, Some say it was If a person lives in his friend's chatzar without his das, he doesn't have to pay him. And the second part of the statement is, If someone rents a house from people in the city, he has to pay the owners. We ask, what do the owners have to do with it? He should be paying the people of the city. So we answer, this is what's being said. If it turns out that there's particular owners to this house, and it's not just from the then rent has to be paid to those owners. And once again, we say the same thing. We're saying both. It's contradictory. Right in the beginning, you said that he does not have to pay the fellow who owns it. Now you're saying that when he's living in a house, he does have to pay the owners, even though they didn't know about it. So the answer is, the second part of the statement is talking about a house that is supposed to be rented out, and if he doesn't pay rent, the guy's going to lose out. So that's why he has to pay the owner's rent. Whereas the first part is talking about where the house wasn't supposed to be rented out anyway, so the owner's not losing out by not receiving rent. I think Marketing is Amrav's Chayra, Amrav Huna, Amrav, Hadar Chazachavar Shlamidaitai. If a person lives in his friend's Chazar without his das, he doesn't know about it, he does not have to pay him. And why is that? Because the Pasuk says, Literally, this means, and desolation ruins the gates. And over here, we're understanding that she is the name of a shade, a name of a demon that occupies occupies unoccupied homes and ruins them. So by Reuven living in Shimon's unoccupied house, he's helping him out, preventing a shade from living in it. Now, I saw this shade in an uninhabited house, and it was goring like an ox, meaning it really was doing damage to the house. Now, Reuven gives a different reason why when Reuven lives in Shimon's chaser, he doesn't have to pay him. That's because based on Misfit Yosef, the house now is maintained. Now that there's somebody living in it, they're going to see that there's issues, and they're going to make sure to fix it up and maintain the house. So in a way, Reuven's actually doing a favor for Shimon. I think Maras Mabin was there between these two reasons? The answer is, that's that the owner was already using this house for wood and straw. So the owner was already taking care of the issue of Shadim. There's not going to be Shadim here because he's using it. However, the house is not necessarily going to be maintained because of this, because the owner is not living in it. He's just using it as a storage facility. And now this fellow is coming and living in it. He's going to make sure that it's maintained. So that's the difference between these two answers. And now we have a story. Who there was a fellow, that he built a mansion on the garbage dump owned by Yusayimim. And Akvir of Nachman took away his mansion from him until he pays them. So Gemara says, 
that if a person lives in his friend's chutzer without his knowledge, he has to pay him because he took away the guy's mansion from him. Sugmar says, no, who may car Karmanoi have a diary bay? This garbage dump originally had Karmanians living on it, which is some sort of people, the Avi Luhuliasmi Devar Muat, and they were paying some sort of nominal fee to the Yisayim for living there. And that means the Yisayim were actually making money by somebody living there. And then this fellow came along, kicked these Karmanians out on his own without asking anybody or telling anybody, built a mansion there and started living in it without paying anything. So I'm like, Nachman told this fellow, Zilpai Sinuli asked me, go and advise the Yisayim and give them money. And he didn't listen to him. So Rav Nachman took his mansion away from him. As not considered Zenenev Zeloin Chaser, it's Zenenev Zechaser, and that's where they had to pay. I will explain the next part of the mission. The Kesem Shlemes Mashneres Vachulu, and this was explaining that Shein and the Rosh Hashanah does not have to pay for any damages. However, the owner of the animal that ate something in the Rosh Hashanah does have to pay for what it benefited. And the mission went on to differentiate that if it ate in the middle of the Rechava, so the owner only has to pay for benefit. But if it ate but see the Rosh Hashanah, so then Mishlemes Mashi Zika, the owner has to pay for the actual damage. So the Gemara analyzes this second statement. Amarav, Rav says, Uvmachzeres. We're talking about where the animal turned its head to the side, meaning the animals in the middle of Shosarabim, where the owner would not be chayv for Shane. However, the animal turned its head to the side and ate something from the side of the Shosarabim. That's what the Mishnah means by Bitside Shosarabim. And the person who owns this food is allowed to have it there, and that's why the owner of the shore is chayv to pay in such a situation. However, Shmuel says, Afil Machzeres Nami Potter. Even if the animal had turned its head to the side of the Shosarabim ate over there, the owner's Potter. So according to Shmuel, where do we find that a person's chai for nezek of shein done in the Rosh Hashanah, like what the Mishnah says, but see the Rosh Hashanah. So the answer is, Kigan Shvatil Rechava, Vaazav Akam, but see the Rechava. We're talking about where the animal completely left the main part of the Rosh Hashanah and went and stood in the side of the Rosh Hashanah. And that's a scenario where it's not like the animals in the Rosh Hashanah itself. So it's like it did damage, Bechatzer Hanezek. And that's why the owner's chai in that situation. But if the animal is still in the Rosh Hashanah and all it did was turn its head and eat, so according to Shmuel, it's still considered like he's in the Rosh Hashanah. And that's a classic case where Shane would be potter. Some teach this machalik is Rav and Shmuel on its own, nothing to do with our Mishnah. Machzeres, let's say the animal's in the Rosh Hashanah and it turns its head to eat from the side of the Rosh Hashanah. Rav Amarav says, Chayeves, owner's Chayev. Shmuel Raptur, Shmuel says he's potter. According to Shmuel, where do we find that the owner would have to pay for what the animal damaged? The answer is, We're talking about where the animal left the main area of the Rosh Hashanah and went to the side of the Rosh Hashanah. But now the Gemara asks on Rav, Master of Nachman Bar Yitzchak. Rav Nachman Yitzchak asks, from our Mishnah. The last part of the Mishnah says, If the animal ate from the entrance of the store, so the owner only has to pay for the benefit, and then the Mishnah continued by saying that if it ate from inside the store, so he has to pay for what it damaged. What's the scenario where it ate from the entrance of the store? It's obvious that we're talking that it turned its head to the side and ate from it, because the entrance to the store is definitely it's not in the middle of the Rosh Hashanah. What did the Mishnah say? That the owner pays for the benefit gained. We clearly see that it only pays for the ana and not for the damage. And it's clearly not like Rav, because Rav says that in the case of Machzeres, when the animal turns its head to eat, that the owner is chai for damage and not just for ana. So Gemara says, He asked the question and he answered it. And the answer is, the kind of Karen Zavis. We're talking about a store which is in the corner. What does that mean the store is in the corner? So take a look over here in Rashi at this handy picture. We have our Mavi Gadol leading to Mavi Katon, and the animal is going from the Mavi Gadol into the Mavi Katon. And as it's walking, it bumps into that little box which says Chanus written in it. That's the store. So over here we see the entrance to the store is not in the middle of the Rosh Hashanah, it's jutting out just a little bit, so it's still considered Sidei Rechava. However, since the animal was walking from a wider part to a narrow part and was going straight, it didn't turn, it bumped right into the entrance of the store. So here we have a situation where the animal ate from the entrance of the store without being Machzeres, it didn't turn its head. And that's the case our Mishnah is referring to according to Rav, so this is not a question on him. Now, some say Machzeres, that no one argues in regards to 
Paris that the owner would be Chayev. Meaning even Shmuel agrees to Rav. If a person sets place in his Rishos for the Rishos Rabim. For example, a person owns a property that goes all the way up to the Rishos Rabim, And he didn't build his house literally right at the border of the Rishos Rabim. He built his house a little bit set back. So there's a patch of land in between his house and the Rishos Rabim, which is open. And he actually was mafker that for the Rishos Rabim, But he left his fruits, his pay rice, spread out over there. Now those pears being left there are technically considered a bar. Because since he was mafker this part of his land, that means people and animals from Rishos Rabim can walk into this area of property and they might get damaged on these pears that he left. So now understanding that, let's continue to try to figure out this machlekes. This was stated, Amarav, Rav said, This only taught that the owner's high for damage is in the case of machzeres where the animal turns its head. But if the owner of the property had set aside some of his property for the Rishos Rabim, so then the owner of the animal that ate the fruit is potter. Because as we just said, that fruit is considered a bar in Rishos Rabim because this person was mafker's property for the Rishos Rabim, so it's like a bar in the Rishos Rabim. And we hold that when a person puts a bar down in the Rishos Rabim, it's considered hefker and anyone's allowed to take it. So the owner of the animal is allowed to take this fruit, and that means that when his animal eats the fruit, he's not chayv to pay for it. Whereas Ushmol, Ushmol says, Even if a person sets aside some of his property for the use of the Rishos Rabim, and he leaves some fruit over there, making it a bar for people who are walking, that bar, that fruit, is not for everyone to take, and therefore chayev is the owner of the animal is chayev when his animal eats that fruit. The Gemara suggests, So let's say they're arguing about a bar in a person's Rishos, Rav Amar Pater, Rav who holds that the owner of the animal is Pater for him eating those fruits, holds a person is Chayev to pay for damages if a bar in his own Rishos damages, whereas a Shmuel Damar Chayev, according to Shmuel, says the owner of the animal is Chayev for eating these fruits, because he holds Barbara Shusai Pater. So I'm Rav, Rav will tell you, no, not so quick. Really, I'll tell you, that really, if a person leaves a bar in his Rishos, he would be Pater if that bar damages. In this case, is different to Amr because the owner of the animal can say, It's not in your ability to put your pay rice so close to the Rishos Rabim, and be Mechaev my ox for eating it. And so that's why the owner of the animal doesn't have to pay. And Rishmol, Rishmol can tell you, that really when a person leaves a bar in his Rishos and if someone gets damaged on it, then the owner would be Chaev for that. Because when we're dealing with an actual bar, the owner of the animal who got damaged in the bar could say, my shard didn't realize that there's a bar over there. And since the shard was allowed to go into this part of the property, again, because as we're saying, this property is right next to Rishos Rabim and the owner of the property was Mafkarit, clearly allowing everyone to come in, and let's say a shark got damaged in it, so the owner of the shark is a real taina. What are you going to say in regards to the owner of the property leaving Paris there? That the owner of the shark that ate them is going to say, He saw them very clearly. And even if the shark slipped on these payrays, the owner of the property wouldn't have to pay. Let's say this whole concept of machzeres, that when an animal is walking through Shosurabim or in the open space and then turns its head to eat from the side of it, he would be have to pay for nezek. That's actually tanaim. The time you have a if the animal ate from the middle of the path, so then the owner only has to pay for the ana, but mitzidah rechava, if it ate from the side of the path, the owner has to pay for actual damages. This is according to Rabbi and Rabbi Yehuda, whereas Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Lazar, both of them say, it's not the norm for it to go and eat, it's just normal for it to walk. Ask the Gemara, Rabbi Yehuda, it seems to be the Rabbi Yehuda, and Rabbi Lazar as well, is saying the same thing as Tanakama. How are they differing? It must be al-machzaras, like The difference is with the case of machzaras. Tanakama is how the Tanakama holds, meaning Rav Meir and Rabbi Yehuda hold machzaras namim shalamashanenes. That even in the case of machzaras, when the animal is walking and then it turns its head to eat from the side, the owner only pays for hanal head. Whereas Rabbi Yehuda saw Rabbi Yehuda and Rabbi Lazar hold mishlamis mashizika. Then in the case of machzaras, the owner has to pay for what it damaged. So the Gemara says, "Loy, that's not so." To call al machzaras ikrav ikishmul. Everyone, meaning all these tanaim, either hold that machzaras is like Rav or they hold that machzaras is like Shmuel. 
Over here, they're arguing the application of the Pasuk of Bir Besdeacher. The Tanakama, meaning Rav Meir, Rav Yehuda, hold that when the Pasuk says, and that's when a person's chai for Shane, that means it has to be in the other person's field and not in the Rosh And here, the animal's in the Rosh so that's where the owner's not chai for it. Whereas Umarasav, Rav Yehuda, and Rav Lazar hold, means it has to be in a place that's not the Rosh Hashanah But as long as it's not the Rosh Hashanah a person would be chai to pay for Nazik and not just Hana, and that's this case over here. The Gemara what's that supposed to mean? Rosh Hashanah why would you need a Pasuk to say that if an animal damaged in the Rosh Hashanah that the owner's pot from paying? For example, if Ruvain put his pears in Shimon's property and then Shimon's animal ate them, Lema, Shimon could very easily say, Ruvain, what are your pears doing in my Rosh So we don't need a Pasuk for that. The Gemara says, you're right. El Delfa Rabbi Shai Ekbenayu, Machlekes Rabbi Meir Rabbi Huda, and Rabbi Yisrael Rabbi Lazar is in the discussion of Ilf and Rabbi Shaya, which is what we had learned on yesterday's daf that had to do with an animal sticking out its neck and eating off of the back of another animal. And we said that's a case of kafetzes. Is that considered normal or not? And that's our discussion. And not the brand new mission. The mission tells us like Halavagdisha Kaf to Merish Agag, a dog or a goat that jumped off of a roof. Veshavar Sekelim, they broke Kalim. Mishalm Nazik Shalim, the owner has to pay Nazik Shalim. Bnei Shein Muadin because they are Mua to do such a thing. Now this is not necessarily talking about where they jumped off of a three-story building and went splat on the floor and broke Kalim. It could just mean they jumped off of a low roof. Maybe he jumped off of his doghouse, or the Gedi jumped off of some little structure that was in the Chatzar and Nizek, and they landed on Kalim. So this is a totally normal thing for a Kelv and Gedi to do, so that's why Nezek Shalom has to be paid. The mission continues, HaKelv Shonot Kharara, if a Kelv took a biscuit off of coals, while and went to a stack of grain, Achal Kharara, it ate the biscuit of Hidlik Gadish and lit the grain on fire because there was a coal there, Al Kharara Mishalom Nezek Shalom, for the biscuit he has to pay Nezek Shalom, while Gadish Mishalom Chatzin Nezek, and on the pile, the owner pays Chatzin Nezek. Now we focus on the first part of the mission that the Gemara says, time of the Kaftzu. The reason why the owner is Chayv Nezek Shalom is because the dog or goat jumped off of the roof. Hanaflu, Potter. But that's Mashma. If they fell off the roof and broke Kalim, then the owner would be Potter. Hamaksavar, we see that Tana over here holds, that if he started out doing something of Pshia, he was completely negligent. The owner was completely negligent because the dog or goat could have jumped off this roof. But the end was an Oynes because it didn't jump off. It fell. He's still Potter in this case. And Tana Mech, we have a passage just like this. If a dog or goat jumped off the roof and broke Kalim, Shalom Nazak Shalim, the owner has been Nazak Shalim, Naflu, Peturin. But if they fell and broke those Kalim, so then the owner's potter. And we further analyze, This is good according to Manda Amar, that if we start out as a Pshia, but it ended off as an Oynes, the owner's potter. But according to Manda Amar, that is Chayiv. So what are we able to say over here? Why is it when the dog or the goat fall off and break Kalim, the owner would be potter? So the answer is, This is referring to a situation where the Kalim were very close to the Kaisal. That if the goat or dog would have jumped off the roof, they wouldn't have fallen on the Kalim. Because when you jump off a roof, you land a decent distance away from the wall of the roof. You don't land right next to the wall, and the Kalim were right next to the wall. And that means, It's not even a Pshia in the beginning. Because again, even if the dog or goat would have jumped off the roof, they wouldn't have landed on the Kalim. And they wouldn't have broken anything. And the only reason why they landed on the Kalim is because they fell off the roof. So it's not Tchilas The whole thing is considered an Aynes, and that's where the owner is part of from paying. Now, there are times that even if the dog or goat jumped off the roof, the owner would still be chayev. We find this with a bad wall, meaning the wall or the fence surrounding the roof wasn't good. So what's the reason why he would be chayev? Because he should have realized that bricks would have fallen off of the wall because it's a kaisal ru'ua, it's not a good wall, and those bricks would have damaged somebody. Well, 
At the end of the day, the bricks didn't fall. And it was the dog or goat that fell, not bricks. And this is a classic case, that the beginning is a pshia, because maybe bricks are going to fall, but at the end, it turns out to be an ines, because the dog or goat fell and not bricks. Tengar says, you're right. And when we say that it's a bad wall, it means that it was a very narrow wall. And the owner should have known that when his animal jumps onto the wall, it's going to fall off because it's too narrow to stand on. And therefore, even when they fell off the roof, the owner's going to be chayv. I think we're going to continue if a dog or goat jumped from below to up above and then they broke something there, so the owner's potter, but if it jumped from above down below and broke something, the owner's chayev. However, if a person or chicken jumped, whether they jumped from above to down below or from down below to up above and they broke something, because all types of jumping are normal for people and chickens. Ask that doesn't make a difference how a dog or goat jumped, either above to below or below to above, the owner's potter. So how are we saying in our b'raisa that if they jumped from above to down below, the owner's chayiv? So take more of Papa. Papa explains the apich mepech, that they switched. Each one jumped from above to down below in a different way, in a way that's abnormal for them. Kalba beskira. The dog went down by one big jump. That's the way goats usually go down. They just take one big leap. And the dog decided to do it like the goat usually does. Begadia besricha. And the goat went down slowly and then jumped. The way the dogs usually do it is that they slowly paw their way down the wall and then they take that last leap. And that's the way the goat did it. And so since they did it in the abnormal way, they're putter. The Why are they putter? And something that's mishonah, so at least I should be chayim chatzin nezek. The Gemara says, you're right. Putter nezek shalim chayim chatzin nezek. It means the owner's putter nezek shalim and he's chayim and chatzin nezek. We're going to stop you for the day and pick up tomorrow. Continue to explain the Mishnah. For now, everyone should have a wonderful day.